0: Alright, if I can have your attention, please. We're going to go ahead and get started. Um, If you open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 4 and in a moment we're going to read verses 14 through 16. I've been, uh, my wife and I have been going to the Sunday school class um, entitled Gentle and Lowly which has to do with um, our relationship with our Savior and and his attitude uh, toward us. We have a tendency to uh, think if we do something wrong, then the best thing for us to do is to kind of stay away from the Lord. We don't. We don't want to get too close to Him if we've done something wrong because we feel guilty. And um, and I don't know about you, but in years past, I've been in some. Churches where the primary um, attitude was that if you did something wrong, then you, the Lord was waiting to take care of you, and um, but the Bible says that His attitude toward us is not one of, of vengeful spirit. He's not going to hammer us because we did wrong. His desire is for us to come to Him. And, uh, and, and instead of being angry at us for doing wrong, his mindset is that he's very sorrowful. And his desire is for that relationship that has been broken because of what we've done to be restored. And uh, Hebrews 4 and verse, verses 14 through 16 kind of reflect that mindset on the part of our Heavenly Father it says, "'Seeing then that we have a great high priest has passed into the heaven, Jesus the Son of God, "'let us hold fast our profession. "'For we have not in high Priest "'which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, "'but was in all points tempted "'like as we are yet without sin. "'And then it says, "'Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace "'that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help "'in time of need.'" the emphasis here is that we're not supposed to be afraid to come to the Lord when we've done something wrong. If we, are, if we have failed in some way we ought to be eager to go to Him knowing that He's going to receive us and He's going to provide what we need to help us to get beyond that issue that we are dealing with. And, um, and we come in to verse 16. Uh, it says that we can come not hesitantly or not with a great deal of fear but we can come boldly under the throne of grace because He wants to see us. He wants to help us. And He says when we come that we will find there grace to help us in a time of need and we can obtain mercy. And uh, those two things are uh, very important. Um, We often use those words, grace and mercy, we have a tendency, I think, to use them almost interchangeably. You know, God's grace and His mercy are closely connected, but they are very different things. And I think it's important for us to realize that grace sits on one side of the cross and mercy sits on the other side. And so we're going to talk about it a little bit tonight, and I hope it'll be an encouragement to you and, uh, and a blessing. Um, as Pastor Marshall does and as Pastor Eric did Sunday night, I've got some verses here that I'd like for you to to look up and be ready to to read. And, um, and when you read them, read them loudly. And I may not be able to hear them, but I hope everybody else will be able to hear them. And then we'll talk about what they have to say. But um, but there, there are two words that are that are used in verse 16. It says, "Come boldly into the throne of grace, that so we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need." Now, I got looking at that and thinking about it. What does it? What What, what is the difference between those two? And why Why does it characterize them the way it does in in that verse? The Bible says that we find grace. So grace is found, and we obtain mercy. So mercy is obtained. Now the word that is translated grace and the words translated obtained are very, very similar. And it both has to do, both of them have to do with us receiving something from the Lord. But to find something is very different from obtaining something. Um, Uh, these verses I've got written in here, the the verses I've identified that we want to read, uh, let's go through them and and I I want you to see that often uh, the word grace is not used a great deal in the Old Testament but most of the time when it's used, it's used with the word found or find. So uh, Genesis 6-8 does someone have that? Can read that? Okay, Mike Right it says that Noah found grace. Um, Exodus thirty-three sixteen and seventeen. Okay. Wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? Is it not, and that thou goest with us? So shall we be separated, I and thy people, from all the people that are upon the face of the earth. The Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken. For thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. So God says that you have found grace, that, they, that Moses found grace in his sight, and uh, Noah found grace in, God, in the eyes of the Lord. Verse uh, Jeremiah 3, 31, 2. One other time here. So, okay. Thus says the Lord, the people who survived the... Okay, so Israel found grace in the Lord when they were in the uh, wilderness. Now, the word "find," if we we talk about the word "find" and the definition of the word "find," it often has to do with something we've lost. Do you ever lose something and you you go looking for it and you have a hard time finding it? Um, the illustration we find so often is has to do with. Uh, older folks uh, who maybe they're can't they misplaced their glasses or whatever and they're looking for them and and uh, and and they finally say to their wife or their husband or whatever, can you not help me find my glasses? And uh, and then it gets kind of humorous because they're wearing their glasses up on top of their head, uh, but they were lost. They didn't know where they were, and so they're they're looking at them and trying to find them. Um, it it often has to do with with something that you come across that you did not expect. Um, today I was I was looking online for some illustrations or whatever, trying to come up with something, and I found something that I thought was interesting. I found it. It uh, it happened to show up when I was looking on the li- on the on the on the page. And what I found was, it's very very interesting, it was an egg separator. It was a cup that uh, you could you separate eggs with. And, uh, I, you know, most of the time when my wife does it, she breaks them open, then she goes back and forth, you know, gets the white and the yellow separated, that kind of thing. Well, this thing, you just broke the egg, dumped it in the, in the cup, and it did it for you was an unusual cup. It had uh, a way to separate the eggs inside, but on the outside it had on the front of it a face. It had a picture eyes, nose, mouth, all of that, you know. And when you got ready to separate the egg, all you did was just tilt the the cup up and the white of the egg came out through the nose. (laughs) All of you men want to be sure and get your wife one. Or, uh, but uh, I, I told my wife about that and she said that is disgusting <laughs> and it does sound kind of disgusting which means it might fit well if we bake something at Mike's at our gym club you know. Um, but uh, anyway but I, but I found that I wasn't expecting it but I found it um, so you find grace Noah found grace Uh, and God gives it to you without you having to work to get it. Uh, A definition of grace, uh, I've written down, that gift that is bestowed by sovereign God on undeserving men that demonstrates His unconditional love and unrestricted forgiveness for those who are hopelessly lost and provides every resource necessary for their salvation and sanctification as believers so grace is found second thing mercy is obtained mercy, grace grace has to do with something that's lost or, or found has something to do with something that's lost or or you, you get something unexpected obtained has to do it's, it has more of the connotation of purpose it's something that you are looking for, something that you need something that you want and you put forth an effort to get it. Um, Hosea 2.23. Someone got that? Good, okay. Yes, ma'am. And I will sow her for myself and the earth, and I will have mercy on her who had not obtained mercy. And I will say to those who were not my people, you are my people, and they shall say, you are my God. Okay. I will have mercy on her who had not obtained mercy. That's the word that is used in that verse to talk about somebody receiving mercy. Uh, Titus 1, 12 and 13. Okay. I'm sorry. 1 Timothy 1, 12 and 13. I'm sorry. that I have first first Timothy yeah okay yeah that's all right that's right yeah yeah that's fine Although I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and and a solemn man, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly and unbelieved. So how did Paul get the mercy? He obtained it. He didn't find it. He obtained it. Uh, First Peter 2, 9 and 10. Okay. Okay? So they obtain mercy as well. My point is that, that when it talks about grace, it talks about finding grace. When it talks about mercy, it talks usually about obtaining mercy. And so there's a, there's a distinction there. A uh, definition of mercy, mercy in its extension, is an extension of God's comp- compassion for those who are hopelessly afflicted, troubled, or condemned, especially regarding those who owe an eternal debt for their sin. God extends His mercy toward those who have a special need for that. The primary function of grace then is provision. Grace the, 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 the thing that, mm-hmm. that God's grace does for us is to provide for us. Now you think of, of the things that God does, the thing that God, God gives us that are a consequence of His grace. Um, what, what kind of things come to mind? What does God do for us? What, what does His grace provide for us? Salvation. Okay, salvation, right? What else? His presence, okay. Uh, I've got a long list here. Uh, Okay. Okay. He provides... Okay. All right. Let me give you my list. <laughs> uh, it provides light. Revelation. We wouldn't know anything about salvation if it weren't for God's grace. In, in Titus chapter 2, it says the grace of God... That brings salvation hath appeared to all men. That's how we learn about, about our salvation. Uh, understanding. It gives us direction for uh, what we ought to do. Wisdom concerning uh, God's will. It meets our physical needs, it meets our spiritual needs. He provides peace, joy, healing, strength, courage, confidence, fulfillment. All of those things are things that God's grace provides, and we find them along the way. Uh, um, Hebrews 4 and verse 16 says that we find grace to help us in a time of need. Uh, Some commentators believe that means the same as if we said just in the nick of time. It's exactly what we need, when we need it. And we've all experienced that. God gives us that grace, and we find it. It's not because we went looking for it. God's providing it for us. And uh, so we can be very, very thankful that, for that. The primary function of grace is provision. The primary function of mercy is atonement. We don't have time to, to 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 spend going through it very carefully, but in the Old Testament, the uh, the mercy seat sat ab- above the Ark of the Covenant, which contained the Law in the Holy of Holies, and uh, and mercy was only available as the sacrifice was offered by the whole high priest for the sins of the people. Talk a little more about that in just a few moments uh, i 've got several things I want to go through real quickly here and uh, and then, at the end i want to I want to make a comparison that I think will be helpful but uh, uh, god 's design what what was god 's intention at the beginning? Well, he made man and he intended for him to be perfect, and then of course, he sinned so so, in god's design it was he was established what he wanted to do was establish a creation uh He made a very specific planet upon which he put a specific place earth and a, and the garden of Eden in that Eden in that garden of Eden. He put a specific man that he made, a specific person Adam, and then, after a bit he Provided a specific partner for him, because it was not good for him to be alone and then, when they sinned, he provided a specific uh, promise for their redemption that uh, that a redeemer would come uh, down the road. so God designed his his plan for what was supposed to happen was all established at the very beginning. then his character is anchored by holiness. Pastor, uh, Pastor Eric spent a good bit of time this past Sunday night dealing with that very thing. Did a very good job talking about God's holiness. Everything. If, if God's not holy, there is no righteousness. If God's not holy, there is no justice. If God's not holy, there is no salvation. So God's holiness is the anchor of God's character. And then God's grace is driven by God's love. And uh, as such, it takes on the characteristics of God's love. So it is unrestricted. It's undeserved. None of us deserve God's love, nor do we deserve God's grace. It is unconditional. There's nothing we can do to make it possible for us to attain God's grace. God gives it to us freely of His own will. It's unlimited. You can't measure God's grace. It's, uh, it's, it's always going to be sufficient to meet whatever need that we have. And it's unending. There is no end to it. If you know the Lord, then you will be a beneficiary of His grace for all eternity. So God's grace driven by God's love. But then on the other side, we have God's mercy which is constrained by God's justice. So, grace is given freely by God. God's mercy is constrained by God's justice. God's justice has to be satisfied. His holiness has to be satisfied. And justice is the only way to do that. And, uh, And so, God's mercy is a little different from God's grace. God's grace is unrestricted. God's mercy is unrestricted as well. It's available to everyone. There's not a person alive who does not have uh, an option to achieve or to obtain God's mercy. Um, A verse in Titus that I quoted says that that the the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men, giving us knowledge of salvation. Uh, In Romans chapter 1 it says that that man has enough knowledge, enough truth that when he stands before the Lord, if he does not uh, trust Him as Savior, that he will be without excuse. A man has obtains mercy according to his willingness to accept the truth that he receives. Now somebody may say, well, there are some people that, that never hear the truth. They have enough truth that if they'll pay attention to it God will send them someone, I believe, to help them to know the truth. It happened with Cornelius and, uh, and it happened with the Ethiopian eunuch and uh, and I think there are others. All of us have situations where people have said that they were looking, and the Lord sent us or sent you to them, and as a result of you going to talk to them, they got the truth they needed to be able to to be redeemed. So um, so so uh, grace is unrestricted, mercy is unrestricted. It's undeserved, but mercy is not unconditional mercy is not i mean you you can't you don't you don't get it like you get grace mercy is you you're required to receive it you have to accept it last week we talked about um, reconciliation and though the person who has been wronged may forgive you and they should because the Bible teaches that they're supposed to because they forgive you doesn't mean that you've received forgiveness and and there is no reconciliation unless you receive the forgiveness and that only happens if you are willing to accept it you acknowledge to the the offender that you've done wrong and that you, you confess it and you make it right And the result of that is that you can be reconciled. We cannot be reconciled with God unless we are willing to acknowledge our wrong and we do not receive mercy unless we're willing to do that. That's a condition of receiving mercy. And so if that is true, then mercy is unlimited only for those who receive it. For those who are not willing to receive God's mercy then they will die without it and, um, and, and they'll pay for their own sin. And it's not unending except for those who receive it. Um, grace is a free gift. There's no price paid for it to obtain it. Uh, Jesus didn't die to provide grace. God's grace is a means for us knowing that Jesus died. Jesus died to provide mercy. So you've got a situation where God's grace is responsible for the cross, and this cross is responsible for mercy. So they're not the same thing. Grace provides a means for us to learn the truth so that we can have God's mercy. But mercy is the thing that provides our redemption, that provides our salvation. Grace is available without the need for mercy, but mercy assumes the presence of sin. If you go back to what we were talking about at the beginning, uh, God's design which was established at creation, the Lord made Adam. And, uh, and then there was a period of time that went by before he made Eve to be his partner. During that period of time, the Bible says that he gave him instructions that he was to tend the garden, and his responsibility was to name all of the animals that had been created. And Adam named them all. And then after all of that, the Lord said it's not good for him to be alone. He needs a helper, someone to, 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 to be his partner. So he made Eve, and then Adam and Eve sinned. Now, let me ask you this question. Did Adam and Eve have any need that was not met before they sinned? Everything was taken care of, wasn't it? That was God's grace. Did Adam and Eve have any need that was not met initially after they sinned? Well, they obviously did. And what was that need? They needed God's mercy they needed forgiveness they needed they needed their their sins their offense had to be taken care of and the only way that could happen was for the lord to provide a sacrifice so that mercy could be offered so mercy is not free it doesn't have the same character that grace does grace is is god's provision for us so that we can have everything we need to know about salvation, and then to become what God wants us to be afterwards. He meets every need we have and He will for eternity though for those who have trusted Christ as their Savior because we will benefit from His mercy. But those who reject Him will not, will not have the mercy of God. So mercy benefits us Understanding that benefits us because it helps us to realize the, uh, the the benefit that we've received as a result of God's mercy. It helps us to understand what God did to provide that, and it makes us grateful, and it makes us uh, give, gives us relief, and it helps us to desire to serve the Lord more faithfully. So grace is what brings us to the place where we understand what took place on the cross. And the cross is what provides the mercy that we need for redemption. And uh, those three things that happened when we got saved uh, not just redemption, but it's regeneration. We regained our righteousness when we were redeemed. Our sins were taken care of and we, we regained righteousness. It's not ours. The Lord gave it to us and and took our sin. We also regained the life that Adam and Eve lost when they sinned. And then as a result of that we had the privilege of being reconciled to our God. And um, and we'll live with Him forever in a place that He has provided for us. Mercy made it possible. Mercy gave us I'm sorry, grace Made it possible. Grace was the message that led us to the place where mercy could be found. And mercy was the means of us being redeemed. All right. Any questions or comments that you would like to make before we close? Anybody? All right. Well, let's bow forward a prayer and we'll be dismissed. Father, we thank you. For the opportunity we've had to gather tonight and to pray together and to study your word, I pray, Lord, that you'll use the truths that we've talked about to encourage our hearts, help us to understand clearly that grace and mercy are not the same thing. They're very they're similar, but grace is available to us because you have chosen to give it to us as a consequence of your character, your love for us and as we serve you we find grace all through our lives as we need it, just when we need it. It's there to help us. But Lord, the mercy that we have is of great significance because of the price that was paid to obtain it. It satisfied your justice because you're a holy God and it made it possible for us to be reconciled to you, I pray, Lord, that you'd help us to, to not just understand that, but to appreciate it uh, greatly, and that it'll make us love you more and.